The same week that Santa Barbara went on lockdown because of the virus, my daughter Sophie was born. I had been preparing for her birth in all the ways that were made available, but when we actually took the trip to the hospital, it was not at all what I'd expected. I felt unprepared for supporting my wife in the most challenging physical feat of her life so far, for the decisions that had to be made in the moment, and ultimately for the beauty that followed all the, the hard, long hours of labor through the night after Sophie was finally born. When we returned home from our three-day family trip to the hospital, we were different people. We were changed. For me, not only was I now a father, but a changed man in certain ways. Things that before I'd thought were so important now seemed less so, now that my daughter was in the world. And I came back with a new, and humbling sense of responsibility. My daughter Sophie also came back changed, mostly in that she was breathing air now and not amniotic fluid. Well, today we close our Advent journey that we've been on, and this is the moment when we get into the car and drive home, ready or not. We've taken this trip over the last six weeks as we've walked together with Mary and Joseph on the road to Bethlehem, stopping to take a closer look at each part of their journey to see if anything from their lives can speak into our lives. Every trip comes to a close when you return home, and sometimes this is a sad part of the journey. But if the trip was significant, and if our eyes were open along the way, Sometimes we return changed. We return to the same city, the same house, the same job, but we are not quite the same as when we left. And that can give us renewed purpose as we step through the front door once more. The end of one journey that changes us can be the start of the next journey. So quick recap before we dive into the scripture. Like any trip or family vacation, we started with a roadmap by looking at the prophecies that pointed to the birth of a Messiah. Then we checked in with the extended family, Elizabeth and Zechariah, and the important support that they had, that they gave to Mary and Joseph. Then there was an unexpected detour in the plan. Joseph's great surprise at finding out that his virgin fiance was pregnant. Then we chose a playlist for the road trip, Mary's song, the Magnificat, a song of protest against the Roman Empire and praise in the almighty God in choosing the poor teenage girl to bear the awaited Messiah. Then on Christmas Eve, we arrived at our destination, the manger. Somewhat anticlimactic, yet strangely welcoming in its humility. But the trip didn't just end upon arrival at the destination. Last week, we looked at the people that we met on the trip, the Magi, who in great vision and wisdom visited this newborn king. So it's safe to say that Mary and Joseph had a significant journey, and as we will see today, the last 
leg of their journey was far from an easy ride home. In a moment, we're going to read the scripture, and then we're going to see some of the ways that one character in particular did not return home the same, and ask ourselves if we have changed on our journey over this past year. So listen to the words of Matthew 2, 13 through 23. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, out of, I, out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem, who were two years older, old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Achilles was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made, no, made his home in a town called Nazareth so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. Would you pray with me? Lord, if there is anything that you have been teaching us in our Advent journey, would you bring it to fruition in this time? Lord, if, if there are any ways that the challenges of our past year that you would like to use as an opportunity to draw us closer to you, to, to grow us as followers of Christ, as children of God. Lord, would you have your way? We surrender ourselves to you, our minds, our hearts, our bodies. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, Pastor Doug explained how Herod was among the most evil rulers the nation of Israel had ever seen. Although Herod's family had converted to Judaism a generation prior, Herod's kingship was not like David's or Solomon's, appointed by God and loyal to him. Instead, Herod's loyalties were with the oppressive Roman Empire, who had appointed him as king over Judea. This section of the Hebrew people's history is among the most horrific, with the murder of all these children, 
It is unimaginable and almost unspeakable. The writer brings up an Old Testament prophecy about Rachel. Rachel was the mother of two tribes of Israel, who lived hundreds of years before this occurrence. But the description of her inconsolable weeping signifies a tragedy for an entire generation of Hebrew children. Many of you may be familiar with the prophecy from Isaiah that says, A people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. A prophecy often talked about in Advent. Well, this act of Herod shows a truly evil, power-hungry, self-absorbed king. And his regime is the time and place that the light of the world was born. This makes me think of a line from a Christmas carol we sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. Now the song may just be referring to the literal nighttime in the streets of Bethlehem. But it actually hits on a fact that this was a dark, dark time in Israel's history. Looking at Herod makes you understand why the Jewish people were looking for a Messiah who would be a military champion. Yet God's plan, as we know, was much bigger than that. Now let's take a closer look at Joseph. Joseph's journey is bookended by visits from an angel of the Lord. In Pastor Colleen's benediction on Christmas Eve, she said, she mentioned the obedience of Joseph. Scripture doesn't tell us much about Joseph or his character, other than that when he received a message from God, he obeyed. At the start of his journey, the Lord had told him to stay with and care for Mary because of the great thing God was doing through her to save his people. Now, at the end of his journey, he instructed him to escape to the land of Egypt. Both times he obeyed. What would it take for you to pack up all your belongings, all your family, and flee to another country in the middle of the night? Joseph and Mary show great faith to trust this angel in Joseph's dream. For what proof did they have that the most powerful man in all the land was after their harmless little boy? Only the angel's message. Joseph then got another dream along the way, warning them to avoid Judea where Herod's son was ruling. And so instead they settle in Nazareth. The only characteristic we have of Joseph is his obedience and his receptiveness to God's messages for him. His role in the Advent journey was to surrender to God's will and plan, to be guided by his Lord for the sake of the child that was with him. Listen to the first verse we have about Joseph back in Matthew 1. Mary's husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. So he walks by righteousness and even seems merciful in character, to some degree at least, in wanting not to expose Mary. But, what he, but the only thing that he has to follow is his Jewish customs. Now in contrast, at the end of his journey, 
we see him following the guidance of the living God. This is the key character change we see from this story. A shift from reliance on human custom to reliance on God. So the question I'd invite us to ask ourselves this week is, are there any ways that this past year has changed me? And if so, do any of these ways present an opportunity to put more trust in God and less trust in my plans or societal customs? Have there been things God has called me to release into his care? Have there been any messages that I've heard on this Advent journey to Bethlehem that have confirmed something that God has been trying to say to me over the past year? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This is the God that we are asking that question to. This is the God in whom we put our trust. We began the Advent season with communion, and so we will end it with communion. On this first Sunday of a new year, we will have the opportunity to remember the sacrifice made to allow us to move forward changed, changed into people of trust, to remember that we were bought with a price so that we may walk in the freedom of following the Almighty God. So after we read the liturgy, take the moments of silence to reflect on the ways that you have changed over the past year. And given those changes, how can we walk in deeper trust with our God? Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.